0: Many people have been asking me, how did I get my podcast up and running that quickly? Well, the secret is Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It can also help you to distribute a podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from a podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you're interested, find out more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Agent Tan Show. This is my podcast where I have deep conversations with the people who are enabling organizations to become ready for the future of work. My guests include a mindfulness coach, the folks behind Singapore's most popular investment app, and many more. They all have one thing in common, and that is to help level up your organisations through your people. My guest today is Stuart Chen. He is a tech entrepreneur with multiple exits with more than 10 years of experience with building and scaling startups. Highly passionate about building products that matters, he has over the years launched different digital solutions in the area of banking, trading, procurement, recruitment, e-commerce, and winning the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 from 2008 to 2010. Stewart is currently running Higher Place, which aims to bring speed dating to recruitment. They connect employers and candidates in a time limited video interview format with multiple rooms across geographies and managed through a brilliant queuing system. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. To begin with, for people who are not familiar with what you're doing, how will you describe Higher Place to them?
1: So, Higher Place, we bring career fairs, speed networking, or even hiring events, that typically run on-site to a virtual format. So our customers, uh, government agencies, non-profit organizations, and even unities that that want to connect their talents to employers as quick as possible, uh, especially during this time.
0: You mentioned about virtual career fair. Now, this is something that has been going on for quite some time, but I also do realize, based on what I've read of your website, there is a different element to it, which is the speed dating concept. Could you elaborate more on that?
1: Yeah, so if you have attended a speed speed dating before, uh, basically, you will get to speak to multiple suitors, right, in one event. So we, we are bringing speed dating concept to the employer and candidate perspective, where the employer would get to speak to multiple candidates. And in an event, typically, we have multiple employees as well. So the candidates will get to speak to multiple employers too. And of course, these candidates actually already pre vetted. So the candidate, uh, the employers would speak to, say, you know, full stack developers only, right, or full stack developers locals in Singapore, etc.
0: I'd say so. It really helped to speed up the entire process. So we'll touch okay. a little bit on that later on. What motivated you to create higher Place to begin with?
1: So, I mean, that's, that's quite a long story, but the short version of it is that in 2018, I, I attended this event called HackerX. So HackerX is, is sort of like a speed interview event, but they focus prime primarily on full stack developers. So it's a US based company. They organize these events worldwide, right? So they came to Singapore in 2018, I was invited. So it's it's an invite only event, so you need to be invited. So I I was invited to the event. I went there and, you know, the the first 30 minutes of the event, we we had like companies uh, talking about themselves, you know, why you should join us, the perks that you'll get. And there were about like, you know, seven to eight employers and about 40 to 50 candidates. So I was one of them. And after that 30 minutes, everybody went into their respective tables or rooms, and as a candidate, you know you could be you could be passive or active candidate. You then queue up for the employers that you want to speak to, right? So you if let's like you know every everybody will get five minutes uh, interview. So if you are interested, you know you could queue up, you know, with your resume or not, right? And you know, queue up to the companies that you want, right? So from those from that event alone, right? I I realized that you know it, it is it is quite exciting because you know in that event you get to speak to multiple hiring managers right i mean compare that to a typical job bot. you submit your resume you don't get any response you know it's it's quite demotivating um, i wasn't looking for a job i was just intrigued with with an event like this and you know always take i always try to find time to do uh, networking so it was it was a it was an interesting event so i you know i had that in in my mind you know that that's, that's cool you know but it has its own problems right i mean logistically it's not easy so you know, I, I I thought that you know having that, that kind of event on a virtual format would, would make quite a lot of sense. And you know, after a few months sitting on it, you know, you know talking to a few couple of friends in the HR tech space, and I actually I had uh, Higher Place was actually doing something else. We were doing sort of like a marketplace for recruiters. So one day, HackerX was running an event in Indonesia. And one of my one of my contacts attended that event and told me that hey, you know what you should pivot, right? I mean, your marketplace for recruiters, it's not it's not gonna fly, you know. And, you know, so I I decided yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna do, right? So I pivoted the entire higher place uh, marketplace recruit recruiter recruiter marketplace into a, a speed interview by higher place, and that's where uh, it started.
0: And prior to Hireplace, what were you doing before?
1: So, prior to Hireplace, I was in Malaysia building a couple of startups. You know, I had like fintech startup, e-commerce startup, procurement startup, and then I moved to Singapore for a full-time role in 2016. So when I was, you know, so that was my f- first corporate gig because you know previously I was just spending my time building startups. And, and and moving to singapore i brought my entire family here i have a full time role but you know i thought you know i could just focus on a full time role and you know be be happy with it but you know it, being being an entrepreneur uh, a tech entrepreneur all my life i it, it was quite hard right i mean you know in 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 a big company you you are doing a small part of the task Right, compared to in a small company where you practically need to do everything. So, you know, while I was happy with the job, but I was not really satisfied, you know, in terms of what I can achieve. So so I started The Higher Place as a side hustle. Uh, so I woke up really early, right, every day, I you know, spent my weekends You know, spent my family time building this up on the side.
0: Let's see that must be uh, pretty taxing given I, my understanding that you have uh, two kids and your wife and uh, I, I, I take it that your wife is chill with what you're doing right now
1: well well when I was in in startup, we are building startup in, in in Malaysia she's been supportive on and off you know but startups it, it's a it's a it's a long game right and many times you know I, uh, she said look let's why not we move out More from malaysia you know due to due to the political political situations and and, uh, political situation and stuff like that and i always told her that look there's something big gonna come right you know it's either a negotiation with a big bank or a big uh, conglomerate so i I mean when the kids came i finally said like yeah i mean yeah this is time right i mean let's let's do something different let's let's really move out right so so we, we move out I came here but I, I you know in my mind i always you know have i i told her as well look you can get me out of a startup you can but you know you can't really get that startup mentality out of me <laughs> and true enough just two years two years into a full-time job i started something right I, I don't know i just it just it's just in me i just like building stuff and it's not it's not it's not been easy but you know i, I told her look to make this work I have to steal time right basically I try to not sacrifice family time as much as possible I sacrifice my own sleep time so that doesn't affect anyone right so that's some that's the sacrifices that I need to make
0: I I completely understand where you're coming from Uh, given where I come from where I started a few businesses myself I do understand and right now I'm in corporate I do understand there are certain areas where you prefer and wish to get more creative juice out from and I think starting something on the side could be a weekend project or just an entirely new business could be a way to do so and back to higher place this thing started way before the pandemic how has COVID-19 affected your business in any way so we started building this speed interview concept
1: uh, in June right and that's also because the investor that I've been speaking to since two thousand. 16, I think very early, two years before, decided that, yeah, this speed interview thing will work, not the uh, recruiter marketplace, right? So she put in some money and, you know, we, we sort of uh, started it then. I mean, obviously nobody expected the pandemic to come, right? When we, when we started it, we, we just know that, you know, we want to build a virtual hiring event that you know can be easily created uh, and deployed from anywhere and, scalable, right? I think that's that's the key thing. So we, were, we we spent almost like eight or nine months building it, right? And when 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 it was April, uh, back in April 2020, that is when we had a lockdown, right? So I was already speaking to NUS at the time. And NUS, they had, because of the lockdown, they already asked all the students to come back from the interns, you know, they have overseas interns. And they came back, I think about 200 of them, and they needed a place to go. And we told them that we have this thing, right, that could potentially speed up that, uh, the placement of your, your interns with local companies instead of using, you know, they, they, they use a manual man- method, right? They, they will send a batch of student CVs to the companies, and the companies will send uh, their job description. And if there's a match, then they will set up an interview. I told them that this could take forever. Right? So, you know, why don't you run with our event, you know, where, you know, we could quickly match. I mean, the students can quickly speak to the companies and if, if there's a match, they would, you know, take it from there. So, so they told us on a Thursday, I still remember, or, or, or in April, in I think in, in March, and the event they want to run was on Tuesday. And we had not run a live event before. Uh, so we, we needed we accelerated a few things, and we went live with them in, in a couple of days, from Thursday to Tuesday. So it was pretty. It was quite an interesting adventure. Uh, I mean, they were the first uh, beta event. I mean, I mean, we were just at the beta stage. So we went live. yeah, uh, we, we had some problems at the time, but you know, we we did have quite good feedback from our first event.
0: And beyond career centers which I believe would be who you're referring to when you mentioned NUS I, be, I understand you have also uh, worked with different companies as well companies directly for them to outreach to speed up their recruitment process uh, as with all new technology out there yours being quite innovative I'm sure there would be some form of resistance when you try to hmm. pitch this across what would be the common ones that you have faced
1: well you you you, you got it right completely especially it's, it's hard especially when we speak to universities, right? So now obviously universities finding ways to, to go on a virtual career fair. But the, the virtual career fair but virtual career fairs are not new, right? I mean they've been around for a couple of years. And the virtual career fairs that these universities are used to, you know, it's basically sort of like a job portal with with company names and and and, and their roles with the ability to do a live chat. Right, so it's nothing more than just a job portal with a live chat, really, right? Um, I mean, they're, they're used to this. You know, they have their existing vendors. So just speaking to them, you know, to t- telling them that hey, you know what? Why you know is this effective enough for you? Right? Are your candidates? Uh, I mean, uh, do those events? Are they achieving your KPIs? Right? Are your KPIs achieved after every event? Because when we ask them, what 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 what's your goals when it comes to running an event like this? Right, so. You say okay, we want to have a lot of people attending, right? Uh, companies and candidates. I mean, that's number one. But then when I dig deeper, right, this, I, it, you know, you have like hundreds and hundreds of people attending the event. I mean, would that be really your criteria of success, right? Wouldn't be. Would it make sense that you know you as a career center be more be more you know focused on the employability of a student you know how many percent of the students actually get hired from this event i so when we, when we dig deeper they typically say yeah actually we want our uh, uh, students to be hired after the event we don't have a, we don't have the stats so that's why we told them look why don't we just you know in order for anybody to be hired they need to have a one on one interview right i mean these career fairs are not giving them that kind of interviews uh, it's more like employer branding so so we told them that, you know, we have this platform to, you know, create a speed interview between their students and uh, the employers. And instead of a career fair, you know, we, you, you can break it down into multiple smaller events, right? We call it like hiring events, right? It could last for an hour, right? Just Now, now imagine a university might have multiple student, multiple batches of students hi, uh, graduating in multiple day, time of the year. And events that they run uh, a career fair that they run are typically normally just run uh, once or twice a year right so the, the students that are, have graduated earlier you know you know probably you know it's it's <laughs> they will be the career fair probably won't be so relevant to them right so we told them that why don't you run smaller events and some universities are actually doing it with us right now i you know we have likes of nus sutd but for some universities because of their uh, um, existing relationship with their vendors, you know, and you know, just what, like the old adage where you know, what's not broken, don't fix it. So it may, we do find it quite a challenge to approach these universities. But for the likes of government agencies like E2I, you know, WSG, where they have been mandated to help the locals to find jobs, that that, I think, to speaking to them is actually much easier. because for them they're just looking for ways right for them it's very clear right they are judged by how many people getting hired from their activities right and you know when we run speed interview for them we could actually match these candidates and employers very very quickly right because each candidate will just maybe get like 10 to 15 minutes of interview time right uh speed networking typically this this batch of candidates won't even get a chance for an interview just based on the resumes, right? And I mean, resume is one thing. I mean, right now in, in, in the world today, there's so much focus on, hey, you need to have a perfect resume. You need to have all this keyword and stuff like that. And that would actually exclude a lot of people from getting an interview because they just don't have that uh, resume writing prowess, right? They don't have the words for it. But they are good people. Right, so for us, you know, when we run interviews, street interviews for, for E to IWSG, you know, we could easily get the candidates and employees talking to each other, right? Where they usually won't even get a chance to do it. And then if they like any of these candidates, you know, then, you know, yeah, they, they could proceed with a longer interview. Right, so, so if I
0: were to paraphrase this, I think many or rather some of the career centers that what they are doing is they are basically mistaking smoke for fire. So you have a lot of rah-rah, you have a lot of a bus, you have a lot of traffic, but basically not really a lot of outcome. Exactly. Whereas uh, E2I, WSG, they are more f- outcome focused. They don't. They don't care whether they're doing it in stealth mode. It doesn't matter as long as outcome is being is is delivered. So I, I do understand where you're coming from. And you mentioned from career centres to the people that the government agencies are trying to take care of, which. Potentially and most likely will be in the mid career level. Does that also mean Higher Place is quite a position agnostic platform? Or or maybe to put it in another way, would there be certain demographics that would not be suitable for Higher Place?
1: So, Higher Place is actually a platform. It's just like Eventbrite is a platform for companies to organize events, right? They don't really organize their own events. So, we don't organize our own events. We, we, we are a platform and we let you know, the universities, the recruiters, the E2Is and WSGs organize their own events and some, some I mean, you look at the the range of people that they serve, right? So, for universities, they serve students. So, those are young kids and they are actually very good with tech. So, so, definitely no problems with adoption there. But, you know, for WSG, we are looking at, you know, a, a wide range, right? I mean, even PMats we have... People from above 30s, above forties. I mean, we have even until retirees that attended our events, all above 55. I mean, the adoption for this, I mean, they definitely need more hand holding, right? But I guess, you know, with with all the people that we have run this event with, they they are willing to learn, right? And I mean, for us we have really distilled the experience into into a few, a few a few steps. Right. So they just download the app, you know, if they can use Facebook, they definitely can use our, our app.
0: And has there been any interesting edge use cases of HirePlace since you started?
1: We have yeah, I mean we, we do have some organizations like they they, they they actually look look at diversity in the workforce or even women in tech. So they, they are looking at the possibility of having speed interviews, but for mentorships, right? So instead of you interviewing for, for a job, you're actually talking to a, a mentor that could you know, assist with your career or answer your questions on, the, let's say, a product manager's role, for example. That's, that's one, mentorship. But we also have, like, we're actually are working with a company in Canada that is actually helping uh, the natives to get jobs, right? And again, like these, these people, they, they might have an email, but they have 100% have Facebook. They don't have a laptop. They only have a mobile. And again, the experience needs to be really, really simple. And, you know, right now we are exploring with them on how we can even simplify even more so that you know the natives could, could you know really get connected with the employers, right? To do an interview. Because, you know, as we all know, without an interview, you can't possibly get a job.
0: It seems like the journey of higher place has taken many twists and turns to things bigger than what you have planned it for. What is the key turning point for you or crucibles in your journey that make you think back that you're on the right track?
1: Actually, the plan was even bigger than this. I mean, the plan, you know, and you know, after 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 going through a few startups, you know, I I told myself, look, I need to be solving bigger problems, right? Because without, I mean, bigger. If you are solving small problems, VCs are not very interested, right? I mean, it really depend on who you, who you are speaking to. So I told myself, right, we need to solve. I need to solve big problems. And when I entered this speed interview thing, you know, I thought that, look, in the future, the way for people to apply for jobs will not no longer be through job portals because job portals simply suck, right? I mean, I tried finding jobs through job portals and I never have any good response at all. I mean, so, and, you know, with speed interview, if you are, if you are, invited for an event right let's say for example you you are good in say you're a content creator you're a marketeer right a social media marketer, right and you are in this group on facebook or meetup group or linkedin group and if this linkedin group are organizing they're organizing any speed interview events you'll be invited and you'll be guaranteed uh, to to be able to speak to an employer right so so i thought you know in the future this would be the de facto mode for people to apply for jobs rather than you know going through a job portal and relying completely on their resume and that was that was the the actual the vision right you know i, I get all these different small linkedin groups meetup groups facebook groups you know like lots of like groups that are that just to sort of like you know technical skill and stuff like that like flutter java developers you know let them run these events right and then as a platform you know, we have that employees can just come in and attend these events, pay for, uh, pay to enter, and really speak to all these vetted candidates. Really, because if you if you look at the industry right now, if you look at recruiters, if you want to hire somebody in 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 Java, right? This recruiter might actually go into these Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, and you know, see you know anybody is interested in this, right? So we we provide that platform for these owners of these groups. to to do that right and and monetize their membership instead right so it's a more of a legit way to get these candidates so that was really the the vision right but obviously as you said right there's definitely changes in in that vision for now VC money is also hard to come by so we are very focused to to keep ourselves lean Right and really serve our customers right now. In this case, you know we have the UCs as well as the the likes of e 2 WSG.
0: In the course of your your work with HirePlace, you certainly should have spoken with many different candidates as well as many different hiring companies. And I'm certain you recently have came across this viral blog post about a guy called Dylan Delin Lim. He he basically is a owner of a business and he's put up a blog post about seven interviewees that he has met, and he basically was criticising all seven of them because the, the gist of it is they are not hungry enough. But again, different school of thoughts. I'm not sure if you have seen that article, and what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I've, I've, I've read the article. My ex, actually, my wife shared it with me, and he did two things, right? I mean, first one is that he gave a scare to everyone in his company you know, telling them that they're they are they have been retrenched. I think definitely that move was sort of uh, a jackass move. That that one I don't agree at all. Totally not showing any compassion. I mean, this is I mean people believe would believe this, right? It definitely ruffle some feathers there. But on the other one, where he you know lays down all the different applicants, saying that you know the young people are not hungry enough. I have to be honest, right, I, I, I think there definitely people, you know, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people, even before before this. And I, I do see a trend, you know, maybe generation gap that, you know, people are requesting for more work-life balance, you know, work from anywhere. You know, they are, the younger generation, they are more purpose-driven, right, mission-driven, not so much you know, I need to work to earn a living. Right? so earning a living is not really something that that they are into so i mean we definitely need to adapt into that mindset you know we can't expect every single generation to be the you know the hardworking. you know we have to work from eight to eight kind of kind of setup you know because these people have choices right i mean they're definitely more savvy they can work anywhere and they know tech right so they have choices but I think, you know, we, we need to look at a balance here, right? Companies would expect, you know, certain behavior from the employees. But, you know, employers would also need to understand that, you know, we are dealing with a different kind of generation. I don't think there's any right or wrong, but, you know, listing down the, the applicants without putting their names, I think that's fine. And, you know, what's funny is that even after this person put it on the post on Facebook, People are still asking whether you have any, you know, they want to send their resumes over. So you can look at, you know, the t- times are bad, right? Time, times are definitely bad. I don't think there's many uh, people criticizing the posts, you know. Actually, I see a lot of people agree, agreeing, right, that, you know, they, they are, I mean, this is this is prevalent, you know, with the, the younger, especially with the younger generation out there.
0: I would personally also wonder whether we as a society have been priming up the younger generation to have this kind of expectation. Because if you look at the salary survey that comes out from the government university, every year it has escalated, every year it has inflated. And an average uh, uni grad would actually, well, at least based on last year, uh, the expectation would be around three point eight to $4,000. And right now you're looking at a situation where you have a SG United, Training ship thing which pays you as much as 2005. So there is a shortfall in what they were told for the past decades of studying versus the reality. Of course, COVID 19 is nothing that we all planned for, uh, but that could also be another key factor here. Now, back to the candidate front. A lot of candidates that I've spoken with are very nervous and very very upset about what is going on uh, and very anxious about uh, their future, especially those that do not really have any working experience. So again, the the young graduates out there, you have seen many different graduates. You have seen how career fairs, how speed dating has turned out. What are some of your key advice that you would have for this group of people?
1: Well, I mean, I mean, I think... uh, the young generations, they, they, they don't have really many commitments, right? I mean, they don't have need to pay a car or housing. They're still living with their parents. I think the urgency for young graduates to find a job, I don't think that it's, it's very high compared to somebody that just lost a job and need to feed you know four or five mouths in the family. So the, the, the young graduates, well, if, if if they're nervous, I think they, they just need to take whatever's out there. Right. There's definitely jobs out there, you know, not be so choosy. And, you know, I think it, go back to, don't look at the money only. Right, you know, so, I mean, I, I see some asking for more right, uh, because of their past experience or whatever. I think take this opportunity to look at the possibility of how you can grow yourself as an individual right if you are really interested in, in learning how to be a, a videographer right i mean try to you know offer yourself for free get get a mentor advisor and work in a company for free just 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 to learn right it's not always about money because you know you have so many years in front of you and you know you know the people say that it's not about what you know it's who you know <laughs> i mean that's that's also true right now so you, you really want to go out there to learn to, to to and you know you don't have necessarily to be in a job as well, right? You can create jobs as well. I know there's so many freelance gigs out there. Or you know you are young. You know, do something that will scare you, right? Because if you are now in thir- your thirties or forties, you can't do that anymore, right? Because you won't be scaring only yourself. You'll be scaring your family, right? So let's just go out there. Uh, and it's time to be street smart, right? Because you know going back to that previous question of the 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 you know, the younger generation i think they were brought up in i would say a very different era right where they are more more pampered right you know you just need to focus on your education right you, you buy what you need you buy get what you want so they 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 don't have as you said right they're not hungry because we brought them up that way right and it's completely also, you know our generation, uh, our parents' generation, fall, our fall as well, because, you know, in, during our parents' generation, they are they are literally thrown out in the street. You need to survive, right? And and I I I, I that that kind of hunger and you know you need to suffer a little bit, to, to know to, to get that kind of hunger, right? Uh, and I think this is missing completely in in our new newer generation, and I mean they just need to get out there.
0: I guess with COVID-19 it may be the perfect opportunity for uh, those people to gather some street smarts and street cred. and I guess really looking from it uh, looking at it from an entrepreneurial lens it truly makes sense for me to gain that feedback from the market whether you're doing a, you we probably will start off with a free pilot because you are nobody and progressively, once the free pilot works, then you can of can you can of course brag around and tell people what you've been doing, and that is where your value would come in. So I really second that this is the time to gain that experience where you would come in useful at a later stage in time. So on video interview now, this is something that could make a lot of people nervous as well. I have been through a video interview. The first time I did so was perhaps about three years ago, and it was my first time, and I was so nervous and it was nerve-wracking for me because uh, they would be showing a countdown clock. They'll give you a question and within two minutes, one minute, half, you have to answer the question. And I'm not sure whether I should look at the screen, look at my webcam. Uh, What are some of the best practices you would have for people who are new to video interview?
1: So, So what you've explained just now is actually the recorded video interview, right? So you have a question on your screen and you have a countdown to answer each question. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So what we are doing is a bit different. We are not the, I mean, we're not doing that recorded version. We're actually doing the live interviews with, with with employers. So with the live interviews, it's actually more, you know, we, we actually have students that say, well, because of, of, of this interviews, live interviews, I'm actually more relaxed. It's more, it's a more relaxed environment rather than, you know, answering question based on a countdown. Right? So, so for us, the, the platform provides the ability to So it to... become
0: more like a conversation instead of sitting down for a screening test.
1: Exactly. It's more conversational. And your know, people are more at ease in this kind of conversation. And you know, the more the more you do these kind of interviews, right, the better you get at it. Right. And in one session, if let's say there are four employees, you can speak to four, right? And I guess your interview skills or your your you know your nervousness would not be there after the first thirty seconds.
0: Hmm. Okay. So that's really helpful. So people out there please uh, take note of this. You just have to put in the practice and cook up those experience points. So what's next on the roadmap for higher place?
1: So my experience uh speaking to universities, I think one of the hardest thing is to get these universities to pay right for a service like this. So and our primary focus was really, you know, getting the universities, getting to students because speed interviews would be the ideal for this segment. But as we, you know, over the past few months, you know, I've been speaking to other event, I mean, other event organizers, you know, other platforms, for example, speed networking, right, for, for investors and startups. You know, some ideas also came to us where, you know, where we also have casting, right you know the move you can do movie casting and stuff like that i mean people can also do speed interviews on the platform so we are trying to move focus i mean our, our call right now is to, the tech, tech to facilitate the speed interviews right the, the queuing mechanism you know if somebody missed the queue what would happen we we took care of all of that and, and we want to bring this tech we started with hiring but we want to bring this tech into other industry as well right that is not hiring per se so we, we are going to set up a, a site called speedinterview.me. And that would sort of be like, you know, the Zoom for speed interviews. Anybody or any industry, any companies that they want to do speed interviews, they could just go to the site, create uh, with a few clicks, they can create their own session, right? Whether it's a 30-minute session, one-hour session, or even up to the whole day session, right? So that's that's where we're trying to go into.
0: Oh, there'll be a um, interest very interesting use case. So are, are you hiring right now? No, we are very lean
1: you know as i said you know VC money is not easy to come by so we are really working on our profits based on our revenue so for, for us since it's a tech platform you know every everybody just go on the platform and create their own event so we don't really need a big uh, big team so for now we're not hiring
0: Right. And lastly, for people who are interested to learn more about yourself or Higher Place, where can they go to?
1: They can go to our website, higherplace.com
0: and contact us and we'll be in touch. Thanks, Stuart. Lovely conversation with you. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it will be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this podcast and the episodes out to more people who may find it useful. I will see you in the next episode of The Agent Tan Show.